0: This podcast may contain content that is graphic and disturbing in nature. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Lavina Johnson was just a few days shy of her 20th birthday when her body was found lifeless in a tent on a U.S. military base in Iraq. Her death was quickly ruled a suicide by Army investigators. However, it didn't take long for questions to arise. Was this in fact a suicide, as the Army quickly claimed? Or was this a murder with a systematic cover-up by the U.S. military? More than a decade later, questions still linger. This is Episode 8, The Levina Johnson Story.
0: Hi, Megan. Hi, Amy. How are you today? I'm good, I'm interested in your case. I'm very excited. Do you know the case of Lavina Johnson? I know exactly what you just said about it and very little else. So I'm super, I'm always super excited when I don't know the facts of a case. All right, so let's jump into it. First, let's talk about who Lavina was
1: and what led her to this tent in Iraq where she was found dead. So Lavina was born July 27th, 1985. She grew up in a suburb of St. Louis, and she was part of a very close-knit family. In fact, she was the fourth of five children born to her parents, Linda and John. John actually had spent time in the Army. He did serve for three years, and then he worked for the Army for 25 years. He had a doctorate in psychology. Lavina was an honor roll student. She was very involved in her church and various community service projects, and she aspired to become a movie producer. Very bright young girl, had a lot going for her. So after high school, she quickly decided that she wanted to follow in her father's footsteps and serve her country. Her parents were not thrilled about this, but they let Lavina have her independence. Not only did she want to follow, like I said, in her father's footsteps, she wanted to go to college for free. Her parents said that, you know, they had five kids, but the parents said, we'll pay for your college, but she did not want to burden them. She said, use the money you were going to use for me and give it to my little sister. Oh, wow. So she's already a good person. She's very good. So in the summer of 2005, she was deployed to a service tour in Iraq. By all accounts, she was enjoying her deployment. Of course, she would sometimes complain about the heat. Apparently, it was 120 degrees just in the shade. There were scorpions the size of rats. And, you know, so she would complain about things like that. She was very homesick. Sorry, what branch? Did you say army or did you say what branch of service? Yeah, she was in the army. Thank you. Yes. As I mentioned, she was very close to her family, and she spoke to them very often. She actually worked in the communication center in Iraq, and that was her job. So she was always around um, the phones and ways to contact her family, and she wrote several letters to them. You know, again, very happy to be doing this and, you know, excited to come home for Christmas shortly. So before we get into that, just eight weeks into her deployment, her family received a visit from two soldiers, and the father said right away, he looked out the window, If your child is deployed and you see two soldiers, you know this is not good. So they quickly informed them that their daughter was dead. Um, They were not given much information at this point. Lavina's father said one of the soldiers said something about a self-inflicted wound. And then he quickly said, I'm sorry, are you implying that my daughter took her own life? And he said, oh, it's under investigation. And he was, the soldier was quick to kind of backtrack and say no more. So it seemed really fishy. From the beginning, something did not seem right. So the, the Johnsons were clearly in shock. They had talked to Lavina just two days prior. She was really excited she was gonna be starting a new job on the army base, and she would be back to the States in a few months, just in time for Christmas. She was in great spirits, no sign of distress at all, and she had no history of mental health issues. Okay, that's what I was gonna ask. Mm-hmm. So the information the family was getting from the army was vague and contradictory. As I mentioned, they would not tell the family right away how she died. They said her death was under investigation. They did tell the family right away that it was non-combat related, which the family knew because where she was, she was
0: never in active combat. So did they say that she sustained like a bullet wound or anything like that or no?
1: Yeah. So eventually they were told that she had shot herself with her service weapon, service weapon being an M16. We'll talk a lot more about that. Okay. The father was very public and told the media that he had suspicions about his daughter's death from day one, and he was not happy with the way the military was treating this case. Levina's body was flown home, and she was buried with military honors at Jefferson Barack's National Cemetery. Her family had an open casket at her funeral, although they were strongly advised by a military liaison not to have an open casket due to her condition, because again, they claim that she shot herself with an M-16 So she actually looked much better than the family anticipated. You would imagine getting shot in the head with an M16. That would not be uh, an open casket.
0: No, I wouldn't think so.
1: No. But to much to the family's surprise, there was one small bullet hole in the left side of her head and really not that much damage to her face. Her nose looked like it was reconstructed, which we'll talk a little bit more. And she had gloves glued to her hands. Oh,
0: that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Keep that in mind. We're going to dive deeper into into all of that in just a moment. Okay. But I do want to mention that the official investigation into her death took months and it was conducted by special agents from the U.S. Army Criminal Investigation Command. And really what they do is they investigate soldiers' deaths and crimes within the Army. So they investigate things that are crimes and things that are not crimes. Anything that's unknown. Right,
0: it's their jurisdiction. Exactly.
1: So soon after her burial, investigators officially concluded, because all of this was just talk till this point, they officially concluded that Lavinia had shot herself in the mouth. They changed their story. The reason they changed their story is because when the father got the body, he noticed there was a small bullet hole in her head. The bullet hole was not consistent with an M16. It was more consistent with a nine millimeter. So the army changed their story and said, oh, that was an exit wound. She actually shot herself in the mouth and not in the head. But again, even if you shoot yourself in the mouth with an M16, that's not open casket. No, this doesn't sound right. Yeah, it gets worse. The report included witness testimony that suggested that she may have been depressed over a recent breakup. So from the start, they were concocting this narrative to bolster the theory of suicide. Keep in mind this boyfriend of just a couple of months. So it's it's a hard stretch to say this woman was going to kill herself over a recent, you know, a recent relationship that just ended. I smell a cover up. Yeah, it's not looking good. So as her father stated, and as I think anyone listening would say, okay, so if the army said, yeah, she was clearly mentally unstable, and we know this, well, why were they allowing her to walk around with a high-powered rifle? So, Because they made it seem as if they had documented that she was having these mental health issues leading up to her death. Well, if you did, then shame on you for allowing her to walk around with this m 16 So the family wholeheartedly and very
0: publicly believed that she was raped and murdered and that her death was, in fact, a cover-up. Sorry, do they have have any evidence to support? Was there any mention at this point yet of a sexual assault or any type of rape? They did not perform a rape kit. Okay, I get what's going on. All right, I'm going to let you take over. Yeah,
1: If you find somebody dead, you need to do all of of the things, including a rape kit. Well, especially, we don't know. Will we find out later how she was found? Oh, yes, we will. Okay. Very shortly. So before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about what we know about the days leading up to Lavina's death. So it was reported that on July 14th, this was just four days before she was found dead, she had a quote-unquote run-in with a general while she was at work. Lavina worked again, as I mentioned, in a communications building, and it was her job to open the building and close it at the end of the day. Apparently, she was trying to close up, and there were several male soldiers who wouldn't leave. And rather than reprimanding the male soldiers, apparently the general told Lavina that she was speaking too softly and she needed to be more firm. When Lavina spoke to her father two days later, she told him about this event and he insisted that she talk to her supervisor and request what is known as a battle buddy. So in the service, a lot of times people have battle buddies. It's just someone that you watch out for me, I watch out for you, I make sure you're accounted for and so on. And her father was a little bit worried about her and said, I don't like the way these superiors are treating you. You should have never been talked to like that by a general. Because again, he was in the army, so he knew the way things worked. And there were other reports of the women being mistreated. They were being called souls instead of soldiers, which means half a soldier because they're a woman. And there was a lot of-
0: uh, Sounds like a lot of sexual discrimination or discriminatory practices. Exactly. Exactly.
1: You know, Lavina was very respectful and said, I have no right to go to my superior and tell him what to do. So I'm just going to leave that alone. Fortunately, this would be the last conversation Lavina would have with anyone in her family. So, according to military records, on July 18th, Lavina never showed up for her physical training after work as she was scheduled to. So she got off work uh, between four and five. And normally they would go back and rest a little and then go to their physical training. After not showing up, that sparked a search for her, and apparently nobody could find her anywhere. But the reports show that she was with a man who was never identified. She was with a fellow soldier. They hung out for a couple of hours in his barrack. They went to a store. They bought like M&Ms and soda or something. And then according to him, he walked her back to her tent around 9 or 10 o'clock, and that was the last time anyone ever saw her. In the early morning hours of July 19th, just a couple of hour li- hours later, around 1 a.m. is when Lavina's body was discovered. Have they not interviewed him? It's all classified information. I see. Okay, yeah. so nobody
0: knows who this person is. Well, that's the ser- that's the army. Yeah.
1: So the picture. How was Lavina found? So you can actually see this picture online. But I'll briefly explain the scene and then you could go on and, you know, look it up yourself. Oh, good. Yeah, the listener should definitely do that. Yeah. So Lavina was found, again, in a contractor's tent. She was found fully clothed in her physical training sweats, the outfit with a reflective belt is what they normally wore. Her right hand was draped over her face, a large pool of blood underneath her head. Interestingly, there was more blood on the right side of her, but she was, the bullet hole was on the left side of her head. Okay. Next to her body was a pile of burned papers and an aerosol can. And on her other side, there was a cot. And lying next to the cot was an M16 laying parallel. So if you could imagine this, her bodies, And then next to her body was a cot. And then next to the cot was the M16 just
0: laying parallel. Oh, that wouldn't be the right position if she had used it to self-inflict a wound.
1: Anyone looking at this picture would never, ever conclude or even suggest that this was a suicide, but more on that in just a moment. So as mentioned, the Army investigators quickly ruled that it was a suicide and she had shot herself in her mouth, but as we will see, none of the evidence at all supports this claim. It did not take long for the family to start really heavily questioning the military's assertion, And John Johnson, Dr. Johnson, her father was very suspicious. He demanded to see the Army's evidence. They would not hand it over. He fought with them back and forth. He formed his own investigative team. He filed a freedom of information request, several freedom of information requests, and he enlisted the assistance of local legislators. After a very long fight, the family got their hands on the original autopsy and also a CD that contained crime scene photos. And this is where things get really interesting. So, what was on this CD? You know, tons of pictures of crime scene photos. Dr. Johnson first noted that his daughter's face was badly bruised. It looked as if she had been beat up. Okay. She had bruises and scratches. In addition to her face, she had a bloody lip. Her nose was pushed off to the side. She had scratches and bruises on the upper part of her torso. There were even teeth marks on her body. She was badly beaten. He also quickly noticed that the bullet wound in his daughter's head looked way too small to be from the M16 which, again, he didn't notice when at the funeral home, but this kind of brought it back to him. He started looking at a close-up picture and saying, something's not right here. And Lavina was right-handed, and the bullet hole was on the left side. As I mentioned before, the military claimed that it was an exit wound from the M16 that she had placed in her mouth. Two ballistic experts disagree, and they said that this so-called exit wound is actually more consistent with an entry wound from a 9 millimeter pistol.
0: That makes more sense to me, too. And did they explain, you'll probably get into it, but did they explain or address the bite marks on her body? Nope, never. Okay.
1: And keep in mind, none of this was in the Army's report. This was all just visual proof that Dr. Johnson had seen. Got it. Also, not in the report, what he saw was there was a trail of blood leading outside of the tent, suggesting that Lavina may have been dragged into the tent after the attack. There was also evidence that someone had attempted to set the tent on fire. She had drag marks all over her back. Overall, the autopsy report and photographs revealed all of this new information There was a broken nose. There was a black eye. There was loose teeth. There there were burns from a corrosive chemical on her genitals. Oh my God. Yeah, so what do you think the point of putting a corrosive chemical on someone's genitals is?
0: Oh, cover up DNA semen.
1: Exactly, right? So possibly to hide evidence. No rape kit was ever done. And apparently they didn't think that you know, having acid burns on the genitals was a reason to look further into this.
0: So the auto but the doctor did, the medical examiner who conducted the autopsy noted all of this, correct? Yes. But the investigators just chose to cover it or not reveal any of it uh, in there. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay. But there was a second autopsy later on. So what Dr. Johnson and his family, they were desperate. So they recruited the help of mainstream media. So CBS paid for the body to be exhumed and they paid for a second autopsy. Okay. An independent autopsy. Okay. This autopsy concluded that Levina's neck was broken. So, in addition to everything else, Levina's neck was broken. And, ready for this one? Parts of her vagina, tongue, and anus had been removed. What? Yes.
0: Heart, okay. Oh, God. So, there's
1: something called wound stat that you put on a wound to stop it from bleeding. And the only way to get to remove the, I guess you could say, the barrier that the wounds that, wound stat makes is to cut it out. So, it I seems see. as if maybe why was her tongue cut? Maybe there was a bullet in her tongue. They don't want to use that for evidence. Her anus, her vagina. I mean, this is really, anyone can look at this and say, this is not right. The military's autopsy. Well, certainly she didn't
0: do this all to herself.
1: Clearly. And then get herself dressed on top of it because she was fully clothed when she was found. The military's autopsy reports none of this. None of it. The Johnsons were never informed that parts of their daughter's body had ever been removed. They would have never known had they not exhumed the body and performed another autopsy. It was also revealed at this point that plastic surgery had been performed on Levina's face to conceal a broken
0: nose. Well, that's what you said. Her face looked too good. And did, given yeah. the injuries you just detailed, they had to yep. fix that. But
1: again, nothing in the original report told the family, oh, we performed reconstructive surgery on your daughter.
0: Well, they're covering it up. So No.
1: Ready for this one? Her white dress gloves had been glued to her hands. Why? Well, they were concealing third-degree burns.
0: On her hands? Uh Uh-huh.
1: So maybe someone was, you know, because they never checked fingernails, they never did fingernail scrapings, well, maybe somebody burnt them, right?
0: I mean, it sounds like someone's trying to burn out all the key parts where you're going to find, you know, DNA, semen, and other uh, fluids.
1: Exactly. And even Dr. Johnson said at the funeral home when they realized the gloves were glued on, he said to the funeral director... What? Why would that be? And he said, I've never in all my years have seen anything like that. I understand why they put her gloves on because they put her in uniform. But the fact that they were glued so tightly that they could not come off. Okay, so this seems
0: like, I mean, (laughs) I mean, it seems like she was to me what you've just read seems like she was subjected to a vicious attack, probably a sexual assault, Mm -hmm. very violent. She was beat. You know, she probably fought back. And she was ultimately murdered Mm -hmm. and they're covering it all up is what it sounds like.
1: So some other shady things just to note and highlight. So as we mentioned, Lavina's service weapon, an M16, that's 40 inches. An M16, she was only 5'1 and less than 100 pounds. It would have been virtually impossible. I don't want to say impossible, but nearly impossible to maneuver an M16 into your mouth when you are that size and then fire it. Not to mention they claim that she was sitting on a bench. There's just no room for that that gun. It just doesn't make sense.
0: It doesn't make sense why, even if they're covering it up, why use the M16? Did she not have another weapon? Or I would think she have find one. Right, I would think yeah. like it would make sense. Okay, if they want to make it even appear that she did this to herself, choose a smaller weapon. This yeah. weapon doesn't even fit the narrative. It's
1: unbelievable, but I guess the fact that the weapon was in the picture, it was there, but again, it was placed very neatly parallel to a cot. It's not like it was just thrown to the side. Okay. And again, the bullet was in the wrong place for her to have shot herself with her dominant hand. The exit wound was the wrong size have come from her weapon. So right now, there's nothing's fitting.
0: None of the facts support uh, a suicide in any way. There
1: was no suicide note, no recovered bullet, no gunshot residue on her hands. And even the military report notes this. So the military report notes that she shot herself. And in the same report, they say there was no... Gunshot residue on her hands. So, despite spending thousands of dollars on autopsies, experts, and coming to the Johnsons' home, CBS didn't even end up running the story. Why not? Well,
0: oh, neither
1: did ABC, who also invested a good deal of money into this story. Why do you think?
0: I'm, well, I'm I, I really the hate here? to say it. I mean, there's there would be two, but I'd say mm-hmm. one is because she was a black female mm-hmm. and not a white female, mm-hmm. and the second is because of maybe possible political pressure.
1: Yep. So. We do know that there was one popular magazine. It was actually Ebony magazine. They were actually threatened, allegedly, threatened that running the story would result in the military no longer buying ad space from them. And they're a pretty small magazine, and they could not afford it. So they apparently came forward and said this. Obviously, ABC and CBS are not going to admit that the reason they are not running the story is because of funding. But this looks pretty shady. So some speculate, obviously, that it was a cover-up something that we didn't mention before but just 10 days prior to her murder Lavina was undergoing treatment for an STD because she was sexually assaulted.
0: Okay. All right. So yeah. she was she reported to the military being sexually assaulted.
1: Apparently, no nowhere in the files does it say who the perpetrator was, but it says that she was undergoing treatment for a sexually transmitted disease. That came from the result of a sexual assault. No one in her family knew this until they got
0: those records. She but, never told her, obviously, I mean, she never told her family. That's not uncommon for someone, And victims. to this day,
1: nobody knows who this potential offender was.
0: So they have one history of her reporting a sexual, a report of sexual assault. Was there any other histories of reported sexual assaults? No,
1: she was only there for eight weeks. Right, so, okay. You know, even in eight weeks for her to already endure something like that. So some people say she had issues with people. Remember I mentioned her supervisor was treating her a certain way and there were some issues. So some people speculate that it was, you know, that maybe this oh, this whole thing is a cover up. What do you think, Megan?
0: Well, I think it's clearly a cover up. I don't think there's any question about that, but who are they covering up for? You know, are they covering up for, I mean, usually when they're, Usually when there's a cover-up of this nature, it would be someone important that Mm -hmm. they're covering for. So I would never speculate. I have no idea who the players are here. I wouldn't imagine that they'd be covering for someone low-level. There was a high-level general who did leave shortly after this, but... It doesn't necessarily have to be a general, you know, I mean, the history you probably know is that there has been a lot of concealment in the military oh, yeah, of we'll sexual about. assaults mm-hmm. of females. Mm-hmm. So my guess would just be it would be someone important enough yes. so that they got to, you know, push this, sweep this under the rug.
1: Actually, going off that, do you know what the statistic says? One in four women in the military will experience sexual assault or rape. Yeah, I did know that Some the numbers were Some reports even say one in three but I wanted to be a little more conservative.
0: Are the numbers declining or increasing? Do we know? I mean, they, those numbers sound actually really high. I would have suspected they would be going down a bit more now. So but.
1: there's some reports that say there's over 20 non-combat deaths of female soldiers that are under scrutiny. There's actually a whole organization called Military Families for Justice, and what they do is they work to raise awareness and enact change, really just helping to get people access to records. Dr. Johnson should not have to jump through all those hoops just to get his daughter's records. And clearly when he got them, you know things were being hidden from him. So it's all about trying to hold the military accountable. And the problem is that a lot of these non-combat deaths, the military is reporting them as being suicides. So 14 of those 20 deaths, the military... Open and closed case; they were suicides.
0: You know, interestingly and anecdotally, it's not even related to female in crimes. But I have just heard of two cases. I was just reading or listening to another podcast about two men, and their wives yes. were fighting because they, uh, the wives, were certain. And given the evidence that I heard, it seemed pretty certain that that was they were not self-inflicted suicides as well, yep. and rather mm-hmm. they were murders. Yes, actually,
1: well, including men, one in four combat deaths are non-combat related. And the military is so secretive and they don't really work well with families. It makes them look guilty.
0: No, it does. I mean, it's kind of like when we look at plea bargaining practices, right? If you're doing everything behind closed doors and you're not allowing people to kind of, you know, pull back the shade um, and look in, it's going to look bad. Unfortunately, in a lot of these instances, it is bad.
1: Well, I think so. Part of the reason. So one of the pieces of evidence that Dr. Johnson was trying to get was some CD that had some information on it. And the military said, we can't give you that because it's classified information. There's people's names in there and you can't know that. And he said, well, if there's names in there, that means they're relevant to my daughter's death and I have every right to know that. But I guess you have to, just to play devil's advocate, you know, the military, their concern is security, right? And for them, you know, classified information is classified and they do need to protect information. So I I understand- Maybe their conundrum with trying to be transparent with these families, but at the same time, they need to protect information as well.
0: I totally agree that there's information that's classified that they cannot release, and it is for security purposes. But it's also similar to an investigator who's working, let's say, on a homicide case, and they can't release a lot of those details to the family either, and families get frustrated, Mm -hmm. but it's to protect the integrity also Mm -hmm. of the case. Now, that doesn't sound like that's the situation here, but there are certainly instances where protecting that information is vital.
1: Yeah, so as you hear, like this is an outrage, this case. Now, why is it not that widespread? Why is this not a case that you've already know all this about? There's obviously a combination of, you already said it, but the fact that she was a black woman. Unfortunately, the way we treat black women in, in life and in death is disgusting. And if this were a white woman, then this would be a totally different story.
0: I agree. You know, I teach women in crime and serial killers. And this come, just came up in my serial killers class because it was the way that black female victims were totally discounted. And so a lot of black yes. male serial killers were totally ignored mm-hmm. because nobody cared about yep. the women because of their minority status. Mm-hmm. And I talk about this in Women in Crime a lot. Yep. So this issue comes up all the time.
1: Yeah, and of course, there's also a combination of that with the fact that you can't question the government, right? I mean, you question the government and you, know, you lose funding and all these other...
0: You lose funding. You're also... I mean, it sounds like Dr. Johnson was savvy enough to get legislators. He was savvy enough yes. and smart enough and knew the military to get people on his team. He probably got a lawyer. But the average person may not be that savvy. So the average person... Is facing like a brick wall, but you know yeah, has right. nothing to bulldoze through it. So because
1: yeah, they're they're educated middle class family, and yeah, he was savvy enough, and he knew that he needs to go to his politicians. And if it was not for his relationships with those politicians, he would have never gotten his hands on those. Right. But unfortunately, even with him getting his hands on those, we're talking what sixteen years later, and what's happened? Nothing. So-
0: Oh, so I was about to ask you after they got all these records and after he's been able to—I mean,
1: stagnant. That's it.
0: So you're telling me that he got the records, they have all this information, nobody ran the stories. Has he brought this to a special prosecutor? Has he brought this? You know, there's got there are some accountability. So the army
1: is holding firm. It's a closed case. This was a suicide. That's it.
0: I'm sorry, you're shaking your head, and I just I can't believe it because there's so much information there to actually assert that. So there is
1: a petition. You know, circling, you'll hear a little bit about this maybe on the anniversary, but this story is, you know, there's um, a documentary called The Silent Truth. You can watch it online. You know, so the family's still very much involved, but like, why isn't this on 2020 or Dateline or why isn't this?
0: Where's the outrage? Why, why isn't, isn't
1: and Why isn't this a Netflix series?
0: Why isn't, you know, it's. Have you heard this also, uh, just to ask you, and because we should publicize it, right? Have you heard it on other podcasts?
1: Yes, of course. So Generation Y covered it.
0: Okay. And I know you'll cover, I mean, we get to our sources yeah. at the end. So, so you. Crime heard-
1: junkies talked about like conspiracies in the US military, and they use this case to highlight the okay. issue, but they focused on this bigger issue of the fact that, you know, one in three or four women will experience assault or rape and how there's these non combat suspicious circumstances surrounding these deaths. But no, it's not even. Those are the only two podcasts. Can
0: you tell us, you mentioned a petition, but I don't know what the petition is or what it's for and what it will do. So if
1: you go to change.org, you can look at it. It's basically just trying to get more people behind, trying to put pressure on the military to reopen this investigation. And to, you know, the thing, I think the thing that bothers me the most is there's gotta be a lot of people
0: in on this. Right? oh yeah yeah no there's like, definitely how is there
1: not one person with a good heart that saying all right guys i'm out i'm not playing this game anymore like it's so unbelievable to me because there were you know so many people involved the first responders and they obviously the military has their own internal thing going on with crime scene investigators and the people doing the autopsy the medical examiners. how did nobody sound the alarm
0: here has there been any slippage of names of anyone she was seeing during that time? You said that she was sort of linked. You said something about her being reported that she went out with someone. She left yeah, the no barracks. no one
1: knows who it was.
0: Well, if someone does know well, who it is. I but mean, no one's. There's been no indications.
1: And if, if there has been, I, it's hidden because I did a lot of research for this case and I can't find it anywhere.
0: So what should we do? I mean, we should obviously listen to whatever we can get our hands on. Yeah, we should I think, s- I th- look at the petition. Sorry, can you I say we're- I to-
1: signing the petition at change.org. If you Google Lavina Johnson change.org, the petition will come up. I don't even know what else we can do, but this is an outrage. And this poor family, sorry to leave this so open today, but no, I'm, I'm hoping we can do a follow-up episode and people, you know, I hope there's justice for Lavina, and I hope people are- brought to, I don't even know, there's got to be at least a dozen people
0: who are responsible for this cover-up. And unfortunately, Amy, though, a lot of the cases we cover, we in a perfect world, we would cover it and be like, and here's the neat little ending yeah, where mm-hmm. everyone is caught and prosecuted. But a lot of the cases we cover, we choose to cover because there is something So, you know, something that instigates our, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. It just, it attracts us because there's an outrage, there's an injustice, Mm -hmm. and we want to address it. So this is one of those cases for you, I can see that you're passionate about, and I hope that others will also be passionate as well.
1: So, sorry, one, one last thing. Yes. Since there have been so many suspicious deaths in the military as of the last couple of years, it does sort of bring these older cases back up. So advocates who work to raise awareness about sexual abuse in the military call attention to this case. So it has been a little bit, uh, you hear it a little bit more in the media, but for as outrageous as it is, you would think it would be on every billboard and on every primetime
0: news, but simply not. So this case hasn't really spurred any like real change. Not that I can see. Okay, well, is that everything you have for us today? That is
1: it, Megan. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you so much for listening. And again, as Amy referenced, there is a petition. One more time, Amy, where can listeners find that petition? Uh, Change.org. If you are interested in signing or at least reviewing it, Justice for Levina Johnson. Thank you, Amy. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time on Women in Crime. Thank you. Women in Crime is written and hosted by Megan Sachs and Amy Schlossberg. Our producer and editor is James Varga. Our music is composed by Dessert Media. If you enjoy the show, you can get access to ad-free episodes, exclusive AMAs, and other bonus content for a small monthly contribution through Patreon. To find out more, visit patreon.com slash women in crime.
1: Sources for today's show come from Democracy Now, HuffPost, NPR, The Silent Truth, lavinajohnson.com, and St. Louis Public Radio. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s.